Which headless horseman of a team will be victorious in Houston this week? Connor, Mr. Clutch in college, Cook, and Brock. Boy, that bench felt good, Osweiler. Square off in what will undoubtedly be the most intriguing match of who sucks less as the Texans host the Raiders. First it was Fisher, then it was Bradley. Since then, four more coaches have been relieved of their duties. The full slate of NFL coaching vacancies and who we might see coming to our beloved Rams. Will it be the master deflator or the discount double check? Matty Ice of the Falcons or the Feed me more of the Cowboys. Your 2016 MVP here on the Left Coasters podcast. The Cardiac Cats travel to the last outpost to take on the perennial playoff Parrots in the NFC's first match Saturday evening. Can Matt Stafford muster some magic? Or will the Legion of Boom doom his hopes of being the only Lions QB in the last 25 years to win a playoff game? And then Sunday, 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 it's Tomlin and the Terrible Towels versus an upstart Finns team that few expected would make the playoffs after starting the season 1-4. and What? We gravestoned them. But now they're in the postseason and the Steelers are going to have to take the Dolphins seriously if they want to win. And in a matchup of coaching autistic savants, Mike Cheese Curd McCarthy takes on Benny with the good hair McAdoo as the Giants come to the Packers on Sunday night to finish out the wild card weekend. This is the Left Coasters podcast. And welcome everyone to week 18 of the Left Coasters podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we are in the playoffs and you know who's not? the LA Rams but that's okay because we are here my name is Tony Cavallo I'm as always I'm with Brian the ballerina Balzarini Matt Dangles D'Angelo Antonio we're here for the left coasters podcast ready to break down the playoffs are you guys ready let's do it I was born ready I'm so excited I'm so excited before we get to the playoffs which we will have two of our guest hosts back today we'll be diving into each playoff game with a fervor breaking them down the best way we know how but before we bury this 2016 regular season in uh, in the grave it deserves I just want to say right now, I've been saying Black Monday was coming and all these coaches were going to get fired. I was wrong. Didn't happen. Zero coaches were actually fired on Black Monday. It all happened before Monday. In fact, six coaches were dead in the water. It started with Jeff Fisher of L.A., Gus Bradley of Jacksonville, Rex Ryan of Buffalo, Gary Kubiak retired in Denver, and then on Sunday night during the Green Bay-Detroit game, which was a very fun game for this uh, fan right here, Mike McCoy of the Chargers and Chip Kelly of the San Francisco 49ers was let go. Six openings in the NFL as we are recording this right now. There could be more to come. I still don't think John Fox is safe in Chicago, but here we are right now. Six coaching openings. Let's break right in on our playoff edition of the Left Coasters podcast to you two right now. Marry, fuck, kill. The coaching position openings in the NFL. Who wants to go first? Mm, I, I can I can start off if you want. And now, now, just so I can clarify here, are we doing this by the desirability of the team, of the location? Are we considering all of those things? Whatever you Is want, that, baby. Okay. Great question. If, Great you question. Are, if you are a head coach that doesn't have a job right now, marry, fuck, kill, what position do you want to fill? Mm, that's, that's a great question. I probably... I probably want to marry the Denver Broncos. Easy. That's I think my choice, that, too. I think you marry the Denver Broncos because you have the most to work with on defense. Yeah, you have the most to, to, to start with. What you don't have is a quarterback. That's what you're missing. You have quarterbacks. And, and you have quarterbacks, but you don't have much of an offense outside of that. You have a completely defunct running game that was admittedly decimated by injury this season. Uh, you've got, I mean, Demarius Thomas, good 
God, catch the ball, man. You got receivers that can't hang on to the ball. Emmanuel Sanders had a little bit of the drop skis, you know, this year as well. I mean, they have the most to start with, though, I think, in the grand scheme of things. They got an awesome pass defense and. and Probably and, the, one of the best defenses in the NFL. Certainly one of the best in the but AFC. But it's an older defense. Older defense. But the only thing that I would say about Denver is you have John Elway looking over your shoulder. Oh, it's a great opportunity for anybody who comes in to work under a guy who's going to give you so much, who, uh, who says. The quarterback position is not is not a necessary position to have. Has okay. said that twice okay. now. All right. So so, so I, he's going to help you out. Okay, I agree. We're marrying the Denver Broncos, and as the weeks go on, before we get to our fucks, we will be diving into who's going to get these coaching jobs as these interviews come in. But we got a lot of shows, so we're just going to do the MFK for the position. You marrying Denver? Who are you fucking? Who are you killing, guys? I think I'm going to fuck the Jacksonville Jaguars. You are on the Jacksonville train once no, again. No, I know, but I, That's I'm looking. Drink, but this is also sort of a this is all also sort of a you know pick your poison kind of thing. And looking at these other other options, you I just can't. There's the blue the pieces the tools the blueprint for success. I think is there with the right man at the helm. I think Blake, I don't think despite all of the the sky is falling talk we've been hearing about how bad Blake Bortles is, I think he is a good quarterback. Okay. I think he had a, is a good quarterback who had a bad season. And I think we'll see him remedy this in years to come because if there's anyone who's more disappointed with his own performance this year, it's Blake Bortles. I agree. Yes, you got a small market team, but you have a strong defense. Uh, you do have a, a good young quarterback. They are missing a running game. They've got good wide receivers. Marquise Lee had a breakout season for them for them this year. If they can get Bortles back on track and maybe draft a runner of some sort this time around or keep TJ Yeldon healthy. I like where I'm sitting from a, from the Jacksonville Jaguars standpoint. Okay, and they have a very friendly owner, the coach who will be getting that job. Brian, do you agree with that? No, I yes, I do. I think Jacksonville is a is a 1B in the fuck category okay. for me. The 1A is the San Francisco 49ers. You are an idiot. I'm saying it right now. No, so, I'm explain not. Explain to me why. No, I'm not. They have the most cap room. And they just fired their general manager. Whoever comes into that organization, they're going to have three to four years. And they're starting from the bottom up. Three to four years. You get who you want in that organization. You realize that this coach coming in will be the fourth coach in four years. Absolutely. Under that, under the current, or former, excuse me now, GM. It'll be Balky. the fourth coach in four years under that dumbass owner who was quoted this week that you can't dismiss the owner. I own the team. You can't. And I think every owner thinks that. Just because he said it doesn't mean, doesn't mean he's wrong. But I, I go into the San Francisco 49ers organization with a clean slate. They can't get any worse. Okay. And you get draft picks. You get good certainly. draft picks. You certainly do. So I, I also know that with a high cap, I also get a quarterback in the free agent market that I want and pay him. So I have the ability to, as, an, as a coach, get the personnel I want, starting from scratch. I'll say it again. And that's enticing. Yeah, but if you're the 49ers, are you actually going to be looking for a quarterback to pick up in the free agent market, or are you going to try and draft a you know somebody like a Deshaun Watson? I have out my of, out I have of my, you know out of Clemson. I, or, I have my pick. I have my pick. I look to my scouts. I say to to the people that I trust the most, the people that I'm bringing in, because an owner isn't going to be sitting there. I want this scout. I want that. You get to bring in your people. Start to finish. So I'm relying on the people that I want to work with, who I trust, 
I rely upon, and I'm going to get the right people in here, whether it's a veteran quarterback like a Garoppolo. Uh, do I bring in a Deshaun Watson? I don't know, but I have my choice. I think. Well, to call Jimmy Garoppolo as a veteran is a, is a little bit of a stretch, I think. I, but I, anyway, I, Tony, who are you fucking? I, I'm not even coming close to fucking San Fran. I'll tell you right now, San Fran is my kill B team. Uh, but I'm probably fucking L.A. just for the opportunity. Talk about starting from scratch. You have the opportunity to blow this up. You no. need to make Jared Goff a potential quarterback, but the rest of it is all yours. You're and stuck you're in a with city, Goff. Uh, but, and you're in a city that's willing to accept a new team. Nobody knows about the L.A. Rams. We've been doing this podcast for a year, and I still haven't had enough conversations about the L.A. Rams. People are still repping their home team colors. L.A. Rams haven't hit hit it off yet. Yes, you're stuck with Jared Goff, but otherwise, if Jared Goff fails, that's not your fault. I see more San Francisco jackets in L.A. than I do L.A. Rams. Absolutely. And I know that might be a plus in your category, but I think the San Francisco uh, 49ers organization is a perennial powerhouse. Not with Jed York. Not with the New York. If anything, if anything they show that, that that franchise has no vision. It has no sense of where it's going. And Jed York, I mean, I, I mean, he's a, he, he's a, he, he, ah. he seems like he seems like a moron. Okay, okay. so moving on, we got to move on. Who are we killing then? Well, I think I have to kill. I mean, it's a tough toss-up for me between the Los Angeles Rams and the Chargers, but You're I think killing. I have to charge. I have to go with the Chargers. I was going to say the Chargers. I too. have to go with the Chargers, not only because they're a shit organization, which they are, and Dean Spanos is a shit owner, which he is, but you're also leaving your one city and going to another city where you have to compete with another NFL team. Where and and you still have fans that are on the fence. This isn't like you know yes. the Rams have been here for ten years and then a new team comes in. No, 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 no. This is one year and a shit year at that so people are going to be in the in the mood maybe to go well the chargers are coming to town maybe i want to be a chargers fan instead of the rams because at least they have philip rivers and at least when he's healthy keenan allen is one of the best wide receivers in the nfl and at least when he's healthy melvin gordon it seems is one of the best running backs up and coming in the nfl so screw uh, i'm fucking the san diego chargers i'm with you there with all the unknown that's going on in san diego right now they don't know where they'll be playing next year they don't know if philip rivers is going to be the quarterback next year because phil don't want to live san leave san diego there's a lot of unknown there. I do not like to be the San Diego head coach. Brian, you're on the same page. I'm on the same boat. I can't believe you guys don't enjoy the possibility of being an L.A. head coach. L.A. is the biggest market next to New York in the United States of America. You could be the next name of the NFL. If you want a big market it, I was you know, say, team, though, I mean, we saw what happened. Jeff Fisher is not ready for a big market team no, like this. No, we, no, 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 no. We saw that. Um, so I'm, I'm more I'm more interested in the Buffalo Bills than I am the L.A. Rams. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, I am, t- I am absolutely, too, because there, I think, again, you have a blueprint for success. And besides the defense here in L.A., I mean, the offense is just so atrociously bad. I mean, you need to—the whole—it would take more than just the blowing up a few players. And I don't like being players. stuck with Jared Goff. I, I I do in the fact that it's not my fault if he fails. But you're he's a one year guy. He's got three more years on his contract. You're stuck with him. And there's yeah. no plan B. There's, there is there no, is plan, no B. plan B for the Rams right now. They don't have a, another option to go with. It is golf or bust. Okay. And that's what they traded the farm for last year. And the Bills don't have a plan at nothing. <laughs> you know? Throw the 49ers in that uh, that category too. I, I find that more enticing. Me. All right, we got. I get the Jed York thing. We we got to move on from the teams that suck. Now we get to move into the teams that, uh, or at least the players that mean something. Peter King for the MMQB on SI wrote in his Monday morning quarterback this week that Johnny Hecker deserves to be uh, given the award for the best p- player at a position versus his peers. He thought that Johnny Hecker of the Rams was so much better than every other punter in the league that he deserves that notion over all the other players in the world. 
except for the fact Johnny Hecker's not winning the MVP, boys, sorry to say. Now we get to talk about the 2016 season. is all wrapped up. Wrap it up with a bow. There were many candidates for the MVP. There's no clear frontrunner here. Dangles, you have the odds, Vegas odds, for the MVP race. What are we looking at right now, and where are we going to go? All right. Well, uh, Matt Ryan is currently leading the way at uh, plus 125. Okay. Aaron Rodgers in second. At, really? Uh, yeah, at, at 150. Oh, wow. Tom Brady in third at 350. Wow. Zeke Elliott, and then uh, at 750, rather, so 75 to 1. 7 to 1. So, I'm sorry, 7 to 1. 75 to 1. That's hilarious. Dak Prescott uh, at plus 5,000, so 50 to 1. Yeah, and impossible. then Le'Veon Bell, also a 50 to 1 uh, odds. Today. And our boy from a podcast prior, Derek Carr, off the list, he had a chance. Completely. He really did. He really that, did. Is of, he really as did. Of, that is as of yesterday from Bovada. Okay. He really did have a chance, but it was uh, too little, too late. That injury happened in an awful time. So what we got here, guys, we have two front runners. it looks like. Brady just on the outside. I don't think Zeke gets it. I do think he gets Rookie of the Year. But uh, MVP, guys, what are we thinking? I will give you one stat right now that I feel makes Matt Ryan the choice for me, and that is his QB rating, highest in the league. Okay. 117.1. Okay. The next closest is Tom Brady at 112. Okay. Dang. That's how good he's been. Dangles. Uh, I mean, I love I love Matt Ryan for it this year, but if I'm evaluating who's been most valuable to his team, it's Aaron Rodgers, without a doubt. There is no one else on that team. Aaron Rodgers is is the closest thing to I think uh, a Michael Jordan in the way he makes everyone around him so much better. And that the and the play what's almost sold me on it completely was the the play on in the Lions game where he rolled out he took about ten extra seconds to throw the ball found Geronimo Allison on a seemingly impossible cross route in the end of the in the corner of the end zone it was an unbelievable play that he it's just it's signature Rodgers when he oh, yeah, awesome. when he extends plays when he makes the defense chase after him any other quarterback in the history of pretty much ever that's a doomsday that's that's a death warrant for you but Aaron Rodgers lives off of it and he threw that touchdown to an undrafted rookie free agent he did. Mm-hmm. He did. He's in there, and they are in a division where, with a Minnesota Vikings team that at first everybody thought was going to run the tables because of their defense. A Lions team that continued to win despite all odds being against them. They seemed to be able to pull it off in the end. And the Packers looked very, very vulnerable halfway through this, about halfway through the season. That's where I'm going to stop you. Aaron Rodgers does not get my vote as a Green Bay Packers owner for MVP because of that first half of the season. Yeah, Matt it was, Ryan, a, it was not a good first Matt half. Matt Ryan has been MVP worthy the whole season. There's a chance that this Matty Ice team with a couple of different uh, bounces of the ball could be a 13-3 and team this year. Matty Ice gets it from me. Tom Brady is my number two because of what he's done Absolutely. in the 12 games he's played. I don't think the writers vote him in because they still have that stigma that Tom Brady and the Patriots are cheaters. They're not going to let him win this game, and they're going to they're going to hang the hat on the 12 games this season, but in the back of their mind, it's going to be because of deflate. Yeah, we're going to need to wrap this up, but Brian, what but do you quickly, got? quickly, Atlanta, first in points, second in yards, third in pass yards, fifth in rush. And that's without Julio Jones for three games, and Julio Jones is one of the best receivers in the game. Matty Ice did it. Matty Ice did it. And and the New England Patriots are right behind, and and then the Green Bay Packers are even behind them. So I I feel like Matt Ryan has earned the the right to be the MVP. I'm not not gonna argue that he has he's also earned that right. I just to me the the what he has done with as little as he has has had consistently throughout this season, one of the worst, you know, rush defense 
defenses in the NFL. Their secondary was really crummy for the first half of the season as well. And I quickly point out that the Atlanta Falcons defense is 27th in points, 25th in yards, 28th in pass yards, 17th They've in rush. They've still got two excellent running backs and arguably the best receiver Whereas in the NFL. Whereas the New England Patriots are first in points, 8th in yards, 12th in pass yards, and 4th in rush. And have the best coach in the NFL. All right, that's it for our MVP discussion. We're 2-1, to one, Matty Ice to Aaron Rodgers. Now we're going to move forward to Super Bowl odds. Before we move to breaking down the playoff matchup, guys, the Vegas odds are out for the Super Bowl. It might as well be time to look at them. The favorite right now is the New England Patriots at minus 160 with the Dallas Cowboys at plus 225. Not a real big change there. The two uh, in the next place is plus 600 for Green Bay Packers and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Those are both very surprising to me considering they're not the bye week teams. Ex- quickly explain to our listeners what that means, plus 600. Plus 600 is 6-1. to one. If there's a minus in front of it, meaning, so New England Patriots are minus 160, meaning if you would have to bet $160 to win 100. Uh, if you're plus 225, like the Dallas Cowboys are, if you bet $100, you would win $225. Very good. So Thank when you. we get to plus 600 for Pittsburgh, it's 6-1. to one. Seattle Seahawks, 7.5-1. to one. Uh, The New York football Giants, who I made a play on to win the uh, Super Bowl, simply because if I'm going to be miserable at the end of this February, I'm going to be winning money off of it. Very smart. I actually got them at plus 2,600, and uh, they've lifted up now to plus 2,200 after beating up on Washington. Your Detroit Lions, Brad Guy, plus 5,400. All right. 54 to 1. Fifty-four to what? I think I'm going to keep my money, but uh, I I I don't doubt that. I mean, there's a couple of nice bets on here if you want to go for a long show. If you think Miami has a chance with Matt Moore, they're plus sixty-two hundred. What's Pittsburgh again? Pittsburgh's plus six hundred. Okay, six to one. I don't I don't hate that. I don't hate that either, but I don't think Pittsburgh beats New England. I think if you're going to go with a long shot odd, that's an NFC team, and I like Atlanta at plus seven hundred. That's, uh, I don't know if, I, I just don't know if they have the longevity to do it. That defense is going to crack eventually. Someone's going to be able to put a hole in that, that Falcon secondary. It's not that good. Really yeah. bad defense. I just don't know if, if, if I have to choose an NFC long shot, I think it's Green Bay. Green Bay at really 600? Do. I agree. I agree. The way that Aaron's been playing, like they're they are the as you said in the opening, they are the hottest team in the NFL right now. Now you could argue maybe they're going to get cooled off by some cat. Who knows? Dallas could come in and friggin' blow them out forty to seven. It'll be like last year's AFC Championship where Tom Brady didn't deflate anything. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is the sound of denial. Yeah, Not, the, denial. Don't even get me started on this. Yeah, we, we don't get enough time to talk about Deflategate. Kansas City is at plus seven hundred as well. Does anybody think Kansas City is? Yeah, absolutely. I think absolutely because nobody thinks they have a chance, and that's exactly why they have. And a you chance. pointed out last week they have a really good path. Yes, they have an easy. path. They have a very nice yeah. path and a bye week. Andy Reid's record off the bye week. Now they play the play winner. They're going to play the winner of the Oakland Houston game. Is yep. that right? Depends Absol- on the seeds. More than likely. More than likely. More than likely ends up that way. So they're playing a team without a quarterback, one way or another. Headless Horseman team. I like that if I'm Andy Reid. Yeah, it's, it's going to be. And he's what, 22 and 3 after buys? It's insane. Something his his bye week record is insane. I'm still leaning towards the Atlanta Falcons at plus 700. Does anybody want to take the Houston Texans at plus 4,700? I haven't uh, smoked enough meth in my life to take the Houston Texans in any. There's not a universe that exists where I bet on the Houston Texans to win the Super Bowl this year. Statistically, the best defense in the NFL. That's great. They can't score points. Okay. And uh, Seattle Seahawks plus 750. Don't count the Seahawks out. They're, they have a home game to start. i take them over the Texans. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Those are your Super Bowl odds. But now, guys, we're here for the big, uh, the big cheese, the big reason. We're going to do the injury report next, and then we're breaking into the Saturday NFL football games. And we have a very special 
guest host to sit in and discuss his Detroit Lions with Brad Guy. I'm ready for it. Are you guys ready for it? I'm ready. I can't wait, let's guys. Get to it. All right, left coasters, let's do it. Ram it, baby. All right, coasters, another injury report. The wild card weekend injury report. Let's start off with Matt McGloin. The man who is set to take over Derek Carr's job for the playoffs mm-hmm. is now no longer at the helm. That's tough. With a shoulder injury. That's tough. He had to leave Week 17 game, and he's not going to be playing. He is not playing, and Connor Cook of Michigan State is stepping up, so hopefully he stays clean. The Rook. Next, we have another interesting injury report. Tom Savage. Concussion. Did not clear protocol this week, and the one and only Brock Osweiler is back in the saddle. The Brock is back. For the Houston Texans. The Brock is back. Oh, man. I wonder how that bench was. Yeah, I can't. I can't imagine. Houston. We'll, we'll talk about we'll talk Houston. We'll talk about you get that headset that fits your head just right. He looked so you know? good. It, it reminded me of his days sideline for the Denver Broncos. Hey, don't count him out yet. Sound the guns. Put on his entrance music. Brock Osweiler is back in the game. And last but not least, yeah. your Green Bay Packers are dealing with some serious secondary problems. Green right Bay now. is in trouble. They've had cornerbacks going down literally since week one. But in that week 17 win over the Detroit Lions that gave them the NFC North. Thank you, Brian. Uh, we lost three cornerbacks. Quinton Rollins went out to the hospital on a stretcher and is in concussion protocol right now. It was a weird scene in Detroit then. And then Demarius Randall and McKinton Dorleant. I don't even know how to say his name. I don't know name. who that is. That's how low he is on the cornerback depth chart that an owner of the team doesn't know how to say his name. And they still managed to shut down the the, the, uh, yes. the, the wide receivers for the Detroit Lions. Yes, but Dorleant went on injured reserve today. Demarius Randall has a knee injury, and he's questionable to play the game. Quinn Rollins is in concussion protocol, unlikely to play. So now we're down to a man signed off the practice squad as an undrafted free agent wide receiver named Herb Waters, who was converted to a cornerback in training camp. He sounds like a high school principal. Herb Herb Waters will you know? be playing in the playoffs in the wild card weekend at cornerback for us. We're down to Micah Hyde, maybe Demarius Randall, and Herb Waters. He sounds like a running back from the 1950s. So there you go. Herb Waters. Who, ran for, who played for Syracuse. But yes, that is the wild card weekend injury report, left coasters. Next. Let's break down the game. We've got the games. Let's break it down. And welcome, Left Coasters, back to the Left Coasters Wild Card Weekend Podcast. Again, if you have any questions for the future playoff podcast, you can hit us up at the Left Coasters Podcast at gmail.com. We have a Facebook name and an Instagram name under the same name. Feel free to send us whatever you want. But here we are to break down the Wild Card Weekend's games. We're starting off with Saturday. But first, Brad Guy, I want to sh- I want to congratulate you for officially winning the first season of the Left Coasters Pick'em. You have a record of 100 and 56 and 81. That's 75 games above 500. Applause. Thank applause, you. That is, that is what we would call back our way a wicked good year, kid. <laughs> I appreciate that from all accounts. Yes, That's appreciate it, guys. That's the win. I got silver, dangles, got bronze, but there's no reason to mention our records because yours killed it. Thank you. Uh, I also want to welcome back to the podcast the best guest pick'em record that we had all year at 11-3, and Mr. Drew Schaefer-Crookston. Welcome back, buddy. It is a pleasure to be back, boys. Happy playoffs. Uh, playoffs, indeed. I can't wait. It's my favorite month of the year. Uh, so we're... May I say something? Yeah. Uh, since last time I spoke with you guys, you guys have spruced up the place a little bit. Oh, it looks good. We cleaned it up for you. Let me tell you something. These guys have some digs going on, people. It is nice. The official Left Coasters studio, and you are here. We're going to be bringing guest hosts back for every game. The reason why Drew sit in on Saturday is because his team plays Saturday night you ready for that game drew oh yeah i'm sure on a a scale of one to ten how do you feel 
I mean, Ten it, being ecstatic, you feel beyond confident. One, you're I mean, just, Detroit made the playoffs. Saturday, Saturday come shut up. Saturday come five thirty, you know, cent, uh, Pacific time. Oh, it'll be at ten. Yeah, right now, I mean, you know, it, probably six, six. Yeah. Okay, Hel- yeah. a healthy, a healthy, healthy dose of excitement. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like Tony said, I mean, listen, the the Lions made the playoffs three times now, or sorry, twice in the last three years. Yes, and. Less than half the NFL teams have done that. So you got, I mean, you can kind of say the last few years they're an above average franchise, which, as me hey, and you, Brian, we'll that's take not it. common for us. But it's hard to be optimistic given the last three weeks. And uh, we'll see, though. All right. We'll break that game down in the, one second. But first, Diggity Dangles. We have a game that comes on before that. The first game of your wild card weekend, Dangles. What do we have for Ooh, us? Oh, boy. First game of the day. It's going to be a good one. The Oakland Raiders, uh, without their star quarterback, Derek Carr, and without their backup, Matt McGloin, settle for Connor Cook under center as they head to Energy Stadium in Houston. That's a 135 kickoff. Uh, well, they'll take on the uh, quarterbackless, essentially, Texans <laughs> as well. This is going to be a defensive matchup I expect uh, the uh, one thing to note the these two teams did play each other earlier in the season yes, Oakland did. won by a touchdown 27 20 now on a scale of one to ten how I feel about this game we're feeling at around a two or this a three. might be the most this might be one of the most least anticipated playoff games I can remember but this might be this might be a playoff game we will be talking about as it favored somebody beneficially because of the fact that they got a game against a quarter uh, an inexperienced quarterback, Connor Cook, anybody, think yeah. about it either which way. If you're the if you're the Oakland Raiders, you can say, well, we 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 faced a guy like Brock Osweiler who could be the least confident quarterback in the playoffs right now. So then, who has to take over this game? If you're the Oakland, if you're the Oakland Raiders, I guess we can look at it from both sides. If you're the Oakland Raiders, who who which of your which of your positions, which of your players, which of your aspects of your team has to take over this game for you to win? Because you're not going to be able to put it on the excellent play of your quarterback and you know wide receivers coming through. So what do you? So who's coming through then for the Oakland Raiders? Ruby, what do you think? I think guys, uh, first of all, we should just take a moment of silence for all Raider fans. <laughs> Yeah, um, what a bummer they must be feeling, it's man. Terrible, I mean, dude. what a fun team to follow. You know, Derek Carr seems like he's obviously a potential future MVP candidate if he wasn't already this year. Bunch of young talent, Khalil Mack, Amari Cooper, and just for them to now be down to a third string rookie quarterback that's starting his yeah. first NFL game yeah. is uh, it's just drastic. It really it's is, tough. and it's tough. So to answer your question, Dangles. Um, not much. Now you you let's let's <laughs> let's point this out too. We've watched Connor Cook, you and I. I was going to say something, Brian. Obviously, yeah, being uh, Michigan. the Michigan men that we are, uh, very familiar with Connor Cook at Michigan State, and I thought it was interesting. Here's a guy that was you know a uh, potential talking as a late first round pick, early second round pick. Played Alabama last year in the semifinal. Really the best pro, obviously the pro ready defense he's going to play. Looked lost. Uh, didn't look competent. Went to the draft. Didn't test well. Not only in his measurables, but also some personal stuff. His dad was getting fights with uh, on Twitter and whatnot. Little fun fact Qu- about question Connor, his leadership skills. A little bit fun fact about Connor Cook: uh, the Dallas Cowboys were looking to take him before Dak Prescott, right? And he got picked, and he got picked by the Oakland Raiders. Good thing they didn't do that. He got picked in the fourth round. Um, so look, this guy could be a serviceable quarterback in the league one day. Um, but what people don't, and I overheard your earlier segment, Tony. 
the Texans, you know, people like to tease them and stuff, and that's fine, but they do have the number one defense in the NFL. Hands down. So what are you going to do? Like, what? Like, how do you – that's just that's just too much to ask. Dangles, going back to what you said, my man, this game comes down to one thing and one thing only. The best offensive line statistically when it comes to pass sacks was the Oakland Raiders. And it comes down to can the Oakland Raiders offensive Protection. line handle Jadavian Clowney and the Houston yeah, Texans? Yeah, because if Con- that's I mean, where it comes Cook's going to be look. If you're an NFL quarterback, you, you know, unless maybe you're Jared Goff, you would, you'd like to think you can make the throws. If oh, you man. need to be able to get the Did ball you have from to your bury hand, Jared Goff after he, the way he played, yeah, okay, no, no, maybe there's room for improvement. But if you're an NFL quarterback, you got to be able to get the ball from point A to point B, yep. right? So if he's got if he's got time in the pocket to throw, and they they the the offensive line for the Raiders should consider themselves lucky. That's they only have to deal with one of the best pass rushers in the league in Jadavian Clowney because if J.J. Watt was on that line too, that'd be a tall order. Now, who wins the coaching battle here, Del Rio or Bill uh, O'Brien? Who are you more confident in going into uh, going into a playoff game? I tend to say Bill O'Brien's defensive minds always – he obviously puts a good defense on the field. And the whole situation with Osweiler's uh curious to me because obviously everyone knows the story, signs a big contract, gets benched. You know, the backup quarterback's the most popular guy in town. These yep. are to a victory. Everything's good. Well, now since Savage is hurt, and really the only card uh, that they can, you know, deal is Osweiler, I think it gives him almost a sense of uh, confidence in a strange way because he's he's got the job back. Prove me wrong, yeah. Yeah, he's got the job back. It, their backup is Brandon Wheaton, for the love of God. I mean, <laughs> Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, he's, he's, he's gonna, still in the league. He's going to dress. He's still in Brandon the league. Wheaton. He's going to dress on uh, Saturday. So, um, I just think they catch Osweiler on on a good day, and I I think once they can establish a run, gotta find a way to get the ball to Donald Hopkins. But if they can do that, it's uh, easy rolling for the Texans. Let me throw you the last six games the Houston Texans played. We'll start with Sunday, December fourth, Green Bay at Green Bay, a loss thirteen to twenty one, followed by a, an uh, a win against the Indianapolis Colts at Indy, twenty two seventeen. Jacksonville, 21-20. Cincinnati, (laughs) 12-10. Tennessee loss, 17-24. None of those teams are impressive. None of those wins are impressive. But the scores are. Bullshit. No, no, no. The scores are impressive. The fact that you're playing in the high teens to low 20s means that's a defensive battle. Which means you're winning by by defense and exactly. almost defense so who, only. Uh, so okay, so now we're we're beating around the bush at this point. Who wins this football game? I'm going to start with you, Tony. Uh, well, before before I take, make my pick, I do want to uh, discuss what game we're playing because now that Brian won the regular season pick 'em battle, oh, the slate is clean. Oh, I didn't realize we were. Uh, oh, I didn't realize yes. we. Oh, okay, interesting. oh, yes, we're all zero and zero, and this is the way I want to do this, is this guys. Just an and left coast. This is an attempt. This is there's one, there's one reason and one reason only for this is because Tony didn't win the regular season. I was going to say we didn't talk about now, this. Now we need to. Do a playoff one so that damn he has straight. another shot to win. You're damn straight. And we're going to play this game a little bit differently. The wild card weekend, we're going to do again just picking winners. And we're going to pick winners for all 11 playoff games. These wild card weekend games are worth one point if you get it right. Next week, two points. NFC Championship, oh, I mean, and, and AFC Championship, three points. And the Super Bowl, if you get it right, is worth five points. Oh, boy. And at the end of this show, the three of us sitting here, and Drew, if you want to give yours, you can as well, is going to give our Super Bowl picks right here and right now. And if we get those Super Bowl picks correct, we get one point for each team that actually makes it to the Super Bowl. Does that make sense to you, too? Yes, sir. Yes. I think so, yeah. Okay. And just to clarify, so, I will be making a pick. Go for it. Go, go for, for it. it. So, here I am right now. The Houston Texans are winning this game. 
The Houston Texans are winning this game because defense wins in the playoffs. I believe the nobody believes in us factor is going to come through hard for this Houston team. Bill O'Brien has so much bulletin board material that he can put up for this team, and that defense is going to be ravenous against Connor Cook. The only thing that will surprise me is if Connor Cook is a player, and I don't think he is. I think this stage is too big for him. Brian, what do you think? I'm going with the Oakland Raiders. Okay. I'm going with the Oakland Raiders because they've had heart this entire season. We want to talk about close games. We want to talk about what team gets over the hump every week. It's the Oakland Raiders. I understand that they had a late, late, late injury, but I think the best thing that ever happened to them was Matt McGloin going down. A 1-6 in six Matt McGloin going down and a young rookie of all the of all the years of rookie quarterbacks making it to the playoffs and the Dak Prescotts of the world. Connor Cook to come in and a guy who was Mr. Clutch at Michigan State played big games, won big games for them. I'm going with the Oakland Raiders. All right, Drew. As much as I like that speech, Brian, it was a good speech. Uh, <laughs> I had it ready just for you, Drew. I uh I just don't understand how I don't understand how the Raiders mentality could be anything but just dejected right now. Correct. Um I don't. I see the Texans winning and winning by double digits. Wow, double digits. Okay, Dangles. I'd like to think that a pro football team knows that it can't it can't walk into a game with a mindset of being dejected because then there's you no, made it to the playoffs. Then, then there's no chance that you can win whatsoever. But and here's the thing: before you go, Dangles, they made it to the playoffs. Yeah, but this whole season they've been looking at the Super Bowl, not just the playoffs. And now they know they ain't beating Brady, they ain't beating Dallas, they ain't beating all the teams, well, they ain't I mean, beating Rodgers. You can make the argument that for the same reasons that you're saying the Texans are going to win because no one thinks they can, that the Raiders are you know could could possibly win and even go on a run because no one thinks they can. Confirmation bias. That said, I think Connor Cook's going to spend a lot of time on his ass on uh, on Saturday. Ultimately, I think the Texans have the easier road to this for as bad as Brock Osweiler is and as inconsistent as he is and as, as god-awful as he looks when anyone makes him move inches out of his spot in the pocket. He has the, he has the experience, and yeah, if he can get the ball to DeAndre Hopkins, like Drew is saying, and they really can make him you know, good on that connection. I see the Raiders have a, having a very hard time winning this. So you're picking Houston. I'm picking Houston. Wow. So three of us in this room are picking Brock fucking Osweiler. And just to clarify, Dangles, obviously the Raiders are going to show up to well, win a football I, I know game, what you of mean. course. But it's a tough, it's a tough situation for them to have to walk into. You see your leader go down, and then you see your backup go down, and now you're faced to go to battle with a with literally a kid that's never started a game before. That is just. In the in the biggest of stages, it just seems it's daunting. It, it deems un, it deems insurmountable. It's total. It's totally daunting. It's totally. But you made you did make a good point about him having faced you know the Alabama defense, which is you know I mean look college and the pros are two very different things. But you know I, we'll see. We'll see. Go, so, Con- go Connor. Go go Connor. All right. So then we move on to the game later on in the day. That's going to be a five fifteen. Uh, by the way, those are Pacific times. The uh, Raiders game starts at four thirty five Eastern. Uh, and I then love I, that we're out in California. I'm the sorry, Pacific ever. times uh, are the best. Yeah, four thirty five, and then uh, so this will be an eight fifteen Eastern, five fifteen Pacific kickoff. The Detroit Lions head to the Link Century Link, the twelfth man, the loudest stadium on earth. Man, it's going to be a barn burner. Seattle Seahawks at home to face the Detroit Lions. Seven and one at home, Seattle Seahawks. Hard to argue with that. Cardiac cats. I'm giving it to you guys no, first. There's no. I mean, there's no play. There's no play calling to be done in this. You bet. I really, I really hope that Jim Bob and uh, Jim Bob Cooter and and Matt Stafford are on like a telekinetic sort of thing because they're not going to be able to speak to one Listen, another or hear each other. Let, let me paint the picture for the left coasters at home. When I said cardiac kids and I tried to kick it to Drew and Brian, they both looked so dejected it wasn't even funny. <laughs> well, because of what Drew said earlier, and that's 
if you look at the sample size of the Detroit Lions play over the last four games, five games, there's nothing to be impressed about because it's Matt. It's, it was Matt Stafford who led this team for the first three fourths of the season, really doing amazing things. Uh, and then the occasional player stepping up and making plays: the Darius Slays, the the Glover Quins, the uh, the sack here, the catch here, the run here. But but really, Matt Stafford hasn't been able to do much as of late, and so. Um, which which could be due to some injury problems. And Brian, I hate to you know beat around the bush, but uh, he has a popsicle stick with duct tape around his middle finger of his throwing hand. He's doing the best he can. He is doing the best he can, and I just think there. I mean, you can make excuses for him as fans, which I tend to do. I just don't think, and he's never going to make excuses for himself. That's no. one thing with staff is he's a leader of men, and he's gonna you know be, he's not going to make excuses for anything he does on the field. But he doesn't look. The same quarterback but since you know the who, injury. No. You know who also doesn't look the same to years past is the Seattle team. This is not the same Seattle team that's been making Super Bowl and, runs. And, and Tony, that's a great point. I had a conversation mm. with a with a buddy of mine uh, earlier today talking about the Lions game, and I don't think the Seahawks. Everyone is assuming the Seahawks are kind of sleeping until the playoffs and are going to turn on. Listen to the Seahawks' last four games. They get blown out at Lambeau, which is obviously the Packers are playing some of the best football in the league right now. It's Aaron Rodgers. But if you're a great team, probably shouldn't get blown out uh, like that. They beat the Rams. We all know who the Rams are. Uh, and then they lose to Arizona at home when they have everything to play for. They have yep. a bye. They get beat. And not only get beat, they have this some crazy comeback to even make it a game. They miss an extra point. Yep. Cardinals go down and win. And then even with stuff to play for against a lame duck 49ers team, they really struggle. I know they, you know, play some of their backups in the second half, but I don't know. This of all years, this could be the year the Seahawks could go out at home in the first round. They almost but they're playing the Lions. <laughs> they're, they're playing the Lions, yeah. and as much as I like to think that we have the magic, you know, in us that we had th- three fourths of the year, the last three weeks we just haven't we haven't shown anything that would make me think that we could. And they, match, and they match up well against the Lions. The strength of the Seattle Seahawks is their defense. Yes. They're third in points, fifth in yards, eighth in pass yards, and seventh in rush. That is not what the Detroit Lions wanted to look at. They did not want to see a team who has strength to their to their strength. Well, they don't have the weapons to match up with the defensive weapons no. that Seattle has. That's what's that's what's going to be tough. And the Lions' defense but, is actually the strength of their team, oddly, right now. Oddly. Which is something I don't think we ever thought we'd be saying at, no. at any point in the season. But, but I mean, look, the, the Lions have, have proven to me many, many things this year. One of which is that if they can keep it close, they have as good a shot as any team. If they can keep it within one score, they have as good a shot as any team with winning it. Doesn't matter how much time is left on the clock. That's the kind of confidence that I've I've seen Matt Stafford show this season. He's so confident in himself when the clock's running down. And you we know who s- else is confident in himself? It's Russell. Russell always true, has true. A, a calm, cool demeanor on the field and has been known to win games just by himself. And we talked about this with the Green Bay game last week. Who would you rather have played in the playoffs? A team at Seattle or a, a, a home game against New York? I still and we, stand. I still stand that I want to be in your shoes right now. I want to be going to Seattle. I think they're a team that can get taken out. And there, there you go. So there's an opportunity there for the Lions to, to, to grasp at, and we'll see if they do it. We'll see if Matt Stafford can, can, can take these 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 cats to, I, to the victory. I always look at playoff games and I break it down in three easy steps. One is the coaches, two is the X factor, and th- damn it, what was the third one? Quarterbacks. 
Yeah, there it is. We've had a we've had a Rick Perry moment here on the Left Coasters podcast. I did. I forgot, ladies and gentlemen, I forgot, I forgot, forgot the third eight. It's like I forgot the forgot third agency team, you wanted but to yes, get rid of. Coaches, X Factor, quarterbacks. I think coaches right off the bat, you guys are in trouble. Pete oh, Carroll's a really good head coach. Jim Caldwell coach. is not. So as for schemes and everything, I think Seattle is going to come to this game better prepared than Detroit is. And you said quarterback, and I, I think the quarterback's pretty equal. I, and that's and that's the bad and that's the bad news for the Detroit Lions. They yeah. did not want they did not want to be in a game where Matt Stafford, their best player, was at equal value to the other team's quarterback, and and facing a really good defense. True. Well, here's the thing: uh, what we talked about about the Seahawks' offense being kind of stagnant, and I think that's obviously they don't have that dominant offensive line they have every year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Marshawn Lynch isn't there anymore. Yeah, no mm-hmm. run game. And. You know, I think for that reason, I do think this game will be close. The Seahawks have scored less than two touchdowns four times this year. It's bizarre. I mean, they wow. they have the ability to really lay eggs. That's a quarter on, of the season. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's a quarter of the season. So they really have the ability to to lay eggs and kick a lot of field goals, and that's why I do think this game will be closer than people think. And I do think at some point the Lions might have a chance to win, or it, it's in Russ's hands, and we all know how that ending is. Yep. But I, I think I think it's going to be a low-scoring well, battle, and I think it's going to be competitive. I just don't see the Lions being able to, to pull it out. Let I me don't. let me just remind you that uh, it wasn't that long ago that the season was indeed in Russell Wilson's hands, except that it ended up in Malcolm Butler's hands <laughs> on the other side of the goal line. So Always Russell Wilson, you, Russell Wilson can make mistakes on the biggest of stages. It's been done before. Absolutely, and I think also a, a, another. Boost for the Lions would be their health. We don't know if you know Slay played well in the first half last week against yep. the Packers and kind of slowed down. Obviously, DeAndre Levy's been hurt all year, starting to come back. I think a big key for them in that environment, like Dangle said, is their health of their center, Travis Swanson, who quietly had a very, very good year. And if we get that veteran center back, I think that could even help just with the communication. Well, that could, obviously, that the moves Glasgow to the to the left and again. You need Absolutely. to keep Stafford standing up. Absolutely, you, do. you cannot run the ball, and you guys can't really scheme around this dominant defensive line that Although Seattle Michael still Bennett has. Did say Zach Zenner is the best white running back in the league, which is wasn't that interesting? <laughs> wasn't that interesting? And but but think about that in, in in a nutshell. We need somebody else on the offense to take the to, to take take the reins along with Matt Stafford. Whether it's Zach Zenner, where's Marvin Marvin Jones? He can't get off the line. He he's, he's 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 a quarterback's in his shirt. He can't get up. He can't get back. And that's going to be trouble. Against, and that's going to uh, be Richard trouble. It will that's going to be trouble. So, so what changed then? Why was he so dominant in the first couple of games of the season? Because, now he can't be anymore. Because teams figured out if they press him on the line, he can't. He can't, he can't do break anything. it up. Game and they tape. and and they had the e- they had one of the easiest first half schedules. So they weren't playing. Teams. They had one of the easiest schedules overall. The Lions. Yeah. Did. Let's they got not a lot ask what wins. their record is against teams over five hundred this year. One win. No. No. Oh, bummer, dude. <laughs> bummer. So then the question is, does line, Golden Tate have a revenge game? They're also game? three and five on the road this season, the Lions. Yeah. Are. So I do think, don't I do love think that. Golden Tate will have a chip on his shoulder for sure. Um, you know, he's going to have to make a lot of men miss on his three yard out routes. Yeah. <laughs> but I do think he could have a big game. I think this game's going to be close, guys. I really do. I think it's going to be a low scoring battle. I just. Prater, ugh. who missed a field yeah. goal last week. Yeah. You looked at me and you he's were like, joke. your boy. He's a joke. What do you mean he's a joke? Prater's a joke, dude. Prater's a bad kicker. I think wow. he's. I think he. I, I disagree. <laughs> okay. I disagree. With, I disagree with that. As somebody who uh, had him on their fantasy team all year he this year, he can kick it long. I, uh, he can't kick it accurately. I, I benefited he, he from having Prater more than I. You know what his kicks 
with the game on the line or whatever. It's like he's like twelve for twelve. He hasn't missed. He's he perfect. Can kick it he's long. been he great. Kick it he's accurately. been great. You're absolutely wrong. You're okay. absolutely wrong. But who are you picking, Tony? Oh uh, yeah, dang. Are we going to picks? Is that what we're doing? Let's do it. All right. Start I'm, us off. I'm picking Seattle. I'm sorry, Detroit. I've been really on the Detroit bandwagon. I thought they were going to win the North as long as two months ago. I had them picked to be in the playoffs. I really liked what I saw to Detroit because they were a fun team to root for, but this is the matchup that kills them. It really does. Um, Seattle's too good on defense to let Maddie, Matt Stafford do his thing, and Seattle will get it done on offense. I don't like Seattle. I don't. I, I don't, don't like this pick, but I think Seattle wins. I think Pete Carroll gets them through. I have to agree with you. Um, if you didn't catch that tone through the entire uh, breakdown, but uh, I think Seattle's going to pull it off. And I will say though that whatever happens, I'm very proud of what the Detroit Lions did this year. And um, and maybe next week we can talk more about it. But I'm very interested to to hear what Drew maybe in a quick bit says about uh, Caldwell um, today being told that his job is secure for the rest of the uh, the rest of the year. And 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 next, the net following year, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, uh, unfortunately, like I alluded to, I can't in good faith take the Lions. Wow. I will take the Seahawks. Wow. I will. I will say, I think it's gonna be a battle. And let it be known here: if the game comes down to Matt Prater, he's kicking that field goal. In, I feel good win. about it. I feel if it comes down to Matt Prater, we're gonna win. I'm happy. You I guys feel good that. About I, it. I think if the game's on the foot of Matt Prater, then I'm pretty confident about the fact that we're gonna win. This. But I see a low-scoring game, and just like what you alluded to, Pete Carroll and, and Russ, I just think too much uh, experience and home field. I got the Seahawks 17-13. Yeah, the Seahawks are too good at home. Oh my god! I, was I just say can't. 17-14. I want. I want to choose the Lions, but I'm looking at. I'm looking at. You know, and I've said this week after week after week. I'm looking for complete teams here, and and the Seahawks have offense, they have defense, and they don't really need a running game because Russell Wilson can be their running game if he has to be. And the Lions just have Matt Stafford, and that's really it. Wow. Uh, so I just don't see a path for them to win this game. The mat, like you said, the matchup is just it's too it's too hard again left coasters you're sitting here with two detroit lions fans that both picked against their team in the playoffs shut up man Just i've saying. taken them three weeks in a row i you literally think, took them to win like against the giants it, do you? cowboys <laughs> and packers so you think they take any joy in this all right no. Drewby, before we let you go man and thank you again for being here on the left coast podcast what once again you're really good at doing this uh oh. let's get your real quick super bowl picks before you head out uh, Super Bowl pick. So I'm going to go in the AFC. I'm going chalk. I'm taking the Patriots to beat the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. Okay. In the NFC, I have the Atlanta Falcons winning a home game against the Green Bay Packers. Okay. And Whoa. In, in the actual bowl? I will take magnificent Tom Brady, of course. Wow. I mean, who am I going to take? It's the playoffs. <laughs> it's Tom Brady. Playoffs. So New England over Atlanta in Houston. Where does Dallas fall in all that? Early, I guess. I was gonna say they. they, they I were do not like Dallas second round matchup if it's because they have three teams they can play. They can play the Lions, they can play the Packers, or they can play the Giants. And even if the Lions were to somehow win in Seattle, <laughs> I think the amount of pressure on Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott in that first divisional game in the Cowboys is the most pressure any rookie has ever felt in the history of football. It's a very young team. To be this young and to have the season they had with all these expectations going to the playoffs, that is a lot on those rookies. Not to say they're not capable, they've looked great, but good luck playing Aaron Rodgers or Eli Manning that's already beat you twice. I don't like the Cowboys getting out of like. I, I think Dallas is uh, gearing up for heartbreak early. I'm, I'm right there with you, Drew. We'll get to the uh, uh, Super Bowl picks, our Super Bowl picks later. Now we're going to move on to our Sunday games with another guest host. Can't wait, guys. Again, thank you, Drew. Thank you to you guys. Hey, it's a pleasure being here, guys, and congrats on these new digs, man. This is thank you. awesome. 
Thank you. I'm pumped. I'm I'll happy to like it. I'll do it again it. soon, man. This of course. Awesome. We'll, we'll have everyone back for Super Bowl week. But yeah, that's it right there, guys. Let's move on to Sunday. Ram it. And welcome back, Left Coasters, to Sunday of the Wild Card Week. And we have a new guest host here welcoming back another friend of the podcast, Eric Zambrovich, the man known as Cheddar. Welcome back, buddy. Thank you very much. I'm happy to have you here. You're obviously here to talk about your team, the team that I love, the team that won the NFC North. We asked Drew this earlier. He was our other guest host. On a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you for the playoffs for Green Bay? We'll call it a 7 out of 10. Okay, a 7. That's a high. That's high right there. I like it. I it's like, higher I like... than you were on the Packers when we last had you here. Yes. Were, they, were they four and six the last time? They, I was they here? were four and six. They were not looking good. You That's were not we feeling. You, you were not looking good, feeling well wise, <laughs> oh. and you were very sick about. I didn't know it was more like the physical illness you were suffering from, or the four and six Packers that we were talking about. It was a really nasty combination either way. Hey man, but ever since you were here, I think we won. What was that? Uh, six. Six in a row? Is, that, is, that right? a, is that a full table run? I think. I think that's a run the table. Type, All right. Type what thing. else do we got? But we'll talk about Green Bay in a second. Dangles, I believe we have another game going first on Sunday. Ah, before we get to the Packers, uh, which will be the afternoon game, at least for us here on the West Coast, we'll be uh, starting with a 10.05 Pacific Time 105 kickoff in Pittsburgh at Heinz Field. The Terrible Towels will be out in full force as the Miami Dolphins come to town to make a playoff appearance. It's Tomlin versus Gase, Moore versus Roethlisberger. Um, any other notable comparisons? Not really. No. Sue versus uh... <laughs> Sue versus Alejandro Pouncey? Villanueva. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. He's Villanueva. Yeah. So what do we? Uh, well, actually, that's, that's that actually may really be that may be the best matchup. Of, and the, I don't know nice. how how we forgot about that one. Uh, Cheddar remembers though. That might be the best matchup of the here, whole Cheddar. game. Is the, is, is the running backs? I mean, you got a guy who went over three uh, two hundred yards three times this season. But we can start right there because Jay Ajayi in that Miami offense is a potent offense and can do what they want. Even with Matt Moore at the helm, he's shown that he is a capable quarterback. And Pittsburgh's defense is a weakness. Am I right, guys? I don't think Pittsburgh's defense is any good whatsoever. It's odd to be going into a playoff game and saying that and hearing and hearing the Pittsburgh defense is a weakness. And, you, and you're not wrong at all. It is probably out of all of the aspects of their game their biggest weakness. But, but is it bad enough for them not to win? Here are the, here are the stats uh, as such. 20.4 points per game. That's 10th. Yards, 12th. Passing yards, 16th. Rushing 13. Okay, so not as bad as I thought they would be. I think they're they just, look like Swiss cheese when I watch them. I think it's just the way they look. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's the way they're playing. I don't think it's where the numbers are lying. I think it's just we're used to a better Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Cheddar, what do you think? I think it's also because that AFC North is a steaming pile outside of Pittsburgh themselves. True okay. story, <clears throat> especially on the offensive side of all those teams. Okay, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't know if I'm in the same boat. I mean, you can't deny how good Roethlisberger, Bell, and Antonio Brown are, but that defense is not what it used to be. And I think teams can do what they want. And Adam Gase is an offensive-minded guy. The Miami head coach, rookie head coach, big spot for him to be in. I think those shoes are going to be filled with Matt Moore. I don't, I don't mind Matt Moore. He's not Matt McGloin. He's not Connor Cook. He is a serviceable backup, let alone could be a starter in this league. He's not going to blow the doors off like a Derek Carr, but he can make the passes. I think he's as good as Ryan Tannehill. I would still take uh, Matt Moore over Osweiler. Yes, oh, without absolutely. Week. Yeah, but let's not compare him to people that, that, that are obviously the bottom of the barrel. I mean, when playing the Pittsburgh Steelers, are they bad enough where Matt Moore is going to rip them apart. Well, Dangles, they played in uh, the regular season already, and what was the score of that game? 
Yeah, they did play earlier this season. Uh, this was uh, at home in Miami and uh, Pittsburgh. I'm sorry, Miami won 30 to 15. So they scored 30 points on this Pittsburgh defense. Granted, it was at Miami, but they already scored 30 on this defense with Ryan Tannehill. Again, there's a lot of caveats to this. I'm just saying Miami's played this team. They know the people that are going to be uh, on the other side of the field. I think they can this, move by the ball the way, and score on this. This, by the way, interesting to note, was one of JHIE's 200-yard games. Bingo, bango. That defense is the same. That offensive line is the same. Yeah. Yeah, and if he runs for 200 yards on them, that's easily two touchdowns, if not three. You guys watched uh, Matt Moore perform against the New England Patriots. Sadly. How did he How did he perform? He was terrible against them. Oh, they were awful. They were absolutely they were awful. They couldn't get anything England. going offensively. So what have you done for me lately? Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. In Pittsburgh, you know, they they their backups beat up a, a Cleveland Browns team that was really trying hard to get a win. I get it. I, Pittsburgh looks the stronger team and is at home. I just, I'm, I think I'm... Feeling Miami right here. Cheddar, where are you coming from? I think we're looking at the wrong battle. Okay. I think what we should be looking at is Pittsburgh's offense versus Miami's defense. I think that's a great I think I think Miami's going to get theirs on offense. Okay. So how does Pittsburgh's inconsistent offense throughout the year, what what team shows up? That's true. The, and can it, Miami stop it? Is it going to be that team that scored 15 against Miami earlier in this season, or is it the team that has dropped, you know, just unbelievable amounts. Yeah. Unbelievable amounts of points and yards on other teams, so... I think I think this does really come down to a, a, a matchup of Pittsburgh offense versus Miami's defense. I will say that uh, on the defensive side of things for the Steelers, they need to make tackles. After contact, the last time, J.H.I.E. averaged, averaged 3.92 yards after contact. Wow. wow. Four, he averaged four yards a carry after he got hit. That's the Steelers more than need to Todd make Gurley averaged all, all season. season long, just <laughs> regular, never mind the contact. The Steelers have got to make tackles on these, these especially, and, and for, you know, the wide receivers too. Kenny Stills is a burner. Jarvis Landry will leave you behind. Devontae Parker will leave you behind. They have weapons on offense, so they shouldn't take this Dolphins team lightly. That said, I think the Steelers win this game at you the end of the so? day. You think so? Yeah, absolutely. I think the Steelers and the Patriots are going to play one another in the AFC Championship game. Wow. We'll get to that later on, but I think the Steelers are an, an, a, uh, they're a championship-caliber team this year. Not Super Bowl-wise, but they can make but it to the title there. game, I think, this year. 7-0 and in the last seven games. Pittsburgh is? Mm-hmm. That's impressive. Le'Veon Bell is is unstoppable right now. You know Antonio Brown's going to be turning on the playoff uh, you know, Jets, whatever you want to call them. Miami, Miami's loss before New England was... Four weeks before, to the Baltimore Ravens, they lost 38-6. to Yeah, when they <laughs> lose, they lose. I think this is going to be—remember the game a couple of years ago where Kansas City played Indy, and it was just score after score mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. score, and it was a very exciting game that not many people thought was going to be close or exciting? I think that's this game. I think uh, I think if we're going to go to our picks, Dangles takes his Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm going to take Miami because— there, I, I cannot remember. How are you picking Miami over Ben Roethlisberger? Listen, are you insane? Were you dropped? Because, listen, I'm looking at my picks the way I have them, and this is sort of giving away what my pick is later on for the Green Bay game, but I can't remember a wild card weekend where every home team won. I think one of these home teams falls. I think it's going to be a very high-scoring, very fun game, and I think Miami comes out on top, and that's going with gut. Again, this is how I lost to Brian in the regular season pick him. I went with my gut. I didn't go with my brain. I'm picking Miami. Uh, Brad guy? Well, I, I 
I can't defend that or say anything ill to that, being that I just picked the Oakland Raiders over the Houston Texans. Uh, but I'm going to stick with the home team. I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh is one of the hottest, if not the hottest team in the in the in the playoffs currently. The one team nobody talked about throughout the regular oh, season. Yeah. They were just that team that wasn't living up to expectations. Why isn't Ben doing better? Where's Le'Veon? Where, what's going on? You know, we're not. They're not. There's not that dominating force. Where's the defense? I just looking at all the stats, looking at all the the little caveats that we just went through. I don't see any. I don't see any reason not to pick pick, pick Pittsburgh. Shatter. Say that twelve times. If you're going to have your starting quarterback go down for the rest of the season, Matt Moore is an excellent choice to have you not only maintain a leap push into the playoffs, but even win a playoff game. The problem is, this is not that game that he's going to win. Not against Big Ben. No. The okay. cold. The cold. The cold's got a factor into it too. Miami does not play well in cold. No, that's a good point. And actually, um, I'm looking at the forecast right now for the game. It's supposed to be 21 degrees in Pittsburgh wow. uh, on Sunday. Enjoy for that, this game. So yeah, that's not going to be a fun thing for them to get. It's supposed to be, it's supposed to be uh, it's supposed to be nice and 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 21. But clear um, in 20. <laughs> anyone who's ever been in 21 degrees before knows what that with feels a wind like. Feel ch- with a wind uh, chill factor, I'm sure. And Le'Veon's biggest game came on a sloppy cold game, if I remember correctly, this year. He he, Le'Veon can play in those slop games. He's not the f- usual finesse guy that has. But you trouble. picked Miami. I picked Miami, man. I got to go with one uh, away team, and I'm picking Miami. I am. So I you're am. so you're saying you're not you're not. You're I'm not yeah. Picking I gave that one away. Bay. Let's let's go to that. Well, game let's next. let's not waste any more time. Then let's get to the game that everybody really wants to hear you guys talk about. It's on Sunday. It's at 1.40 Pacific time. That'll be 4.40 for those of you listening on the East Coast. The New York Giants, who smell an awful lot like they did in 2011. I don't like it as a Patriots fan. They're on the road. They're the five seed. They head to the champion's home, the NFC North champion's home, that is. Green Bay takes on New York at Lambeau. Well, uh, you are completely right there, Dangles, in saying that the New York Giants smell a lot like those two Super Bowl teams that stole Super Bowls away from both the New England Patriots and the Green Bay Packers because who did they beat on the road to those games? Brett Favre's final best team in Lambeau and Aaron Rodgers' 15-1 Super Bowl defending champions. No one gave New York a chance to win those two games, and the way I'm listening to a lot of my friends right now is no one is giving them a chance to win this game. This defense is very, very good in New York and scares the bejesus out of me, but I will say Green Bay's offensive line has been playing the best they've played in the past three years that I can remember. Aaron Rodgers had all day to throw the ball against Detroit, and that's the reason they won that game, because Detroit's uh, cornerbacks played our receivers very, very well, but you can't play very well for 10 seconds. And Aaron Rodgers stood there untouched for so long that he found people in the end zone. Question is, can we do that against New York? What do you think, Cheddar? I could go on about this game for hours, probably even longer than the game would last itself. <laughs> I just it, when I when I look at it on paper, what I see are two teams whose strengths match up with the other team's weaknesses. You know, Green Bay's offense is a top five offense in the league. The Giants' defense is a top five defense in the league. The Packers' defense is a bottom ten to fifteen defense in the league, and the Giants' defense is also a, or offense is also a bottom ten to fifteen offense in the league. The wild card or the wild factor in this one will be: Does playoff Eli show up? Right, Brian. We'll, we'll, I know you want to go that way. Playoff Eli, we'll, keep going. Will playoff Eli show up? Because we all know who Eli I mean, playoff who? Yeah, yeah. We don't know if it's going to be the Eli who all he has going through his mind is skittles and and sprinkles for hours and or, taking pictures of his teammates on boats. Yes. 
or or carrying little red buckets on the beach. Yes, or if it's the Eli that throws the perfect snowflake from heaven to a streaking Mario Manningham. Well, it just depends on what, you, what he remember. What he remembers. It's almost like if you like, you know, if you hit him on the head, like he'll change from one, you know, personality to another. I honestly think he forgets sometimes <laughs> that he's a two-time Super Bowl. Speaking winner. of forgetting, when he throws a, a pass, a long pass that he completes, he kind of like looks up and slowly puts his hands up in the air and looks around and kind of goes, <laughs> "What?" But you cannot deny what he has done at Lambeau Field, and that is a 2-0 record in the playoffs in snowy Lambeau. I'm nervous about Eli. Brian's been on this case the whole time. Eli has been the worst part about this 11-5 Giants team, but who shows up on Sunday, Bri? I'll just give you one stat that will indicate and say everything for me. Don't you always. <laughs> Green Bay is 10-1 and when allowing fewer than 30 points this season. Think about That's that. That's an amazing stat. I'm gonna put that on my wall back. Home. So there's pretty much no way that that they can lose this. Ten and one when putting up thirty or less points without a garbage time hail mary. Yeah. To the Lions, which they would have held the Lions to seventeen points. Yeah. And Just, don't don't forget that the Giants and the Packers have played this year when the Packers were arguably pretty bad. Yes. And the Packers still pretty convincingly beat them. Yes. I'm a little nervous about Odell. I'll tell you that right now. Nervous as a Green be. Bay fan. And because you should be. No one on my team, and really no one on the IR on my team, can cover Odell Beckham Jr. And he has a chance to take a five-yard slant and turn into a 75-yard touchdown. And that might be all they need to beat this Green Bay team behind that defense. In weeks 12 to 16, the Packers just surrendered 17.6 points per game and managed 14 takeaways. The, the takeaways are huge. That's what that's what it That's what we talked about Eli. last week. That's what we talked about last week if, and that was the difference. If Eli turn like if Eli, god damn, I hope he does. If Eli turns into regular Eli and starts throwing those picks to my fifth string cornerbacks, I'll be very very happy. All we need to do is catch him. Clay Matthews, this is to you. All you need to do is catch the ball when it's thrown to you. Catch it and we will win that game. Right, but we're talking about how who's going to cover Odell, but who's also going to cover Sterling Shepard? I don't worry. Cruz. Not I mean, worried about them. Green Bay's down to so few cornerbacks at this point. Yeah. Ugh. Herb Waters, wide yeah, receiver Herb, turned Herb quarterback. He'll well, be covering then, Sterling Sharp. He was just, second in the Heisman out of though. Syracuse in 1954. <laughs> I think I think Cheddar makes a good point though. That just creates matchup issues. Yeah. Sterling Shepard's a very good uh, wide receiver, and he's shown flashes of brilliance this year. They're going to be double covering Odell Beckham Jr. to try and take that route away from Eli. You can bet your ass he's going to be throwing to Will Ty. He's going to be throwing to. I'm fine with that. You know, he's going to be throwing to to Victor Cruz. He's going to be throwing to Sterling Shepard. He's going to be throwing to you know Dwayne Harris. He's going to be throwing to all that. of these guys. They're going to open cold up more. Land- None of those guys scare me. Who scares me is if playoff Eli shows up and if Odell gets loose. That defense versus Aaron Rodgers, that's that's something that's going to be a treat to watch as an NFL fan. But the game relies on playoff Eli. Um, I'm excited. I'm not going to lie to you. This game gets me excited. I'm also nervous as shit. Because I'm telling you, there's a reason I bet on the New York Giants to win the Super Bowl. Because if this is their year to meet the Patriots in the the third round of this heavyweight fight that we all want to see... If the New York Giants win, I'm going to be the, the most depressed fan in the world, but I'm going to be making money on them. If they snuff the Green Bay Packers, don't be surprised if they make it to the Super Bowl. Yes, it starts with that's Green Bay. A, it's happened the last two times they've been there. That's how big this game is. That's it's how huge. big this game is. It's huge. I think we're all forgetting a very uh, important part to this game, and that's will McAdoo get a Coughlin face in that cold weather? 
Oh, I can't wait to see Benny with the good hair in that cold weather. I really can't. He is the nerdiest That's, looking coach. That f- the science teacher with just a little bit of ice in it. He's oh. the science teacher. Anyone know what I'm talking about when I say Coughlin face? Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. Where that, that so red. red it almost falls off. <laughs> he, can't, yeah. he can't see his eyeballs a little bit because there's just the wrinkles are, are are frozen. It's just like the fact that his skin's already falling off. Yeah. It's so cold. I'm excited for that's the why game. He wants, that's why he wants to work in Jacksonville. To be fair, though, the high temperature for the game is going to be 15 degrees. For Green Bay at that time of year, not that bad, and there's no wind factor at all. Okay. And it's going to be sunny, so I don't think weather's going to play a part so in this Mason at all. So Mason Crosby's going to have good weather. So who you got? Well, I I, uh, I gave my pick away earlier. I think Green Bay wins this game because I, unlike some other fans that have been on this podcast, believe in my team and will go to them to the very, very bitter end. Brian. You, my friend, cannot let it go. I can't believe it. I honestly can't believe that you wouldn't pick your team. When the Detroit Lions lose, I will once again be right. You will you be right, but you, you won't be a fan. You can't put the man up to a competition that requires him to use his skill and his his best uh, to the best of his abilities, pick what he thinks is going to be the rightful outcome, and then and then harp on him when he doesn't pick when his team. I'm saying the if I outcome, if, if I lose this pick and battle, you're literally trying to make him lose. If I lose this pick and battle because I pick Green Bay and they end up losing, I will lose with a well, I won't be smiling because Green Bay losing, but I will be losing as a fan. 25 years, not one season the Lions won a playoff game. So stop it. This Just stop year. it. And the Green Bay Packers will win again this week, so <laughs> take that. Thank you. Jesus. Cheddar, you're here. You are a Green Bay fan. You're wearing a Packers football shirt as we speak. You have brought stats on a notepad from 7th grade science class <laughs> into this podcast to tell us what your pick is. Where are you going? I think that... The Giants are going to score more points than they have been averaging over the past couple weeks. I think that Odell Beckham's going to have a huge game. Their little trip down to Miami is not really going to matter. I think that this game's going to go down to the very, very end. But here's the thing. Even though he's not going to actually win the award, Aaron Rodgers is going to prove that he is the best player in the NFL and the true MVP, and the Packers are going to win this game. Thank you. Thank you. Dangles. Uh, this is definitely difficult because I think it's the Packers game to lose. I think I think Aaron I think this is the Packers game to lose. Like they really have to go out of their way to even if Eli is on. Eli is not that good of a quarterback and he never has been. <laughs> he just happened to be in the right place at the right time 2 years against the best team and he won. This is this is literally happenstance. You could not ask for a better shake in the life of a football player than Eli Fuck Manning has gotten, because he it has all just been put in his lap, pretty much. Colin, I don't actually believe that he's. I'm sure he's earned a lot of it, but God Almighty, if there has not been a more fortuitous quarterback in the history of the NFL who stumbled into fucking Super Bowls, <laughs> it's Eli Manning. And for that reason, he's going to win. Yeah, he's going to yeah. win the Packers are not going to win this game I just I Landry just, Jones and too, Colin Kaepernick have higher passer ratings than he does this year I know and think it's about that just and that's all the more reason why he's going to have a huge day yeah I'm worried it, about it Dangles. it crushes me on the inside I'm worried about it Dangles but, but before before we move on Dangles and thank you for being the only one to take New York uh that that boat that we keep referring to that makes me so happy as a Green Bay fan because that boat where you saw Odell Beckham, Sterling Shepard, Victor Cruz, all those Giants were on a boat in Miami on their off day, 
with people smoking weed around him. They flew there directly after the, the, the Washington the game. They Washington were, they game were, that's my the question. Way. It was like, how quickly they got on that. OBJ talked his way off the team flight and onto another one they to were, get him to Miami. There were biddies handing out Adderall. There was marijuana being smoked around. Obviously, the Giants didn't partake in this because they're NFL football no players way. and they have to get tested. But that makes me so happy because all that media is asking them questions about it. And anything you can get to be a distraction in the locker room is a good sign when they're heading into a game. But yes, Dangles, I think you're right. Playoff Eli is going to show up, and it scares the bejesus out of me. It really does. But that's our Sunday NFL breakdown. We're pumped for Wild Card Weekend. Cheddar, thank you for joining with us. But before you go, we asked Drew for his Super Bowl pick. We're going to give ours in a second, but what do you got for the Super Bowl? Uh, in the AFC, uh, I think the one seed, the Patriots, they're going to show up in the AFC Championship. I think for uh, their opponent, um, for the first time since I believe it was 1993 or 94, the Kansas City Chiefs okay. will appear in the AFC Championship game. And then on the NFC side, I have the Atlanta Falcons. Okay. The Atlanta Falcons will defeat the Seattle Seahawks, just wow. like they did in t- 2012. Okay. And on the NFC side, I'm going to show my true colors here. It'll be the Green Bay Packers. So I'm sorry, you have ATL versus Green Bay in the NFC Championship? That is correct. Yep. And then Super Bowl. Super Bowl will feature the AFC champions, New England Patriots, Mm -hmm. versus the NFC champion, and much to my dismay, the Atlanta Falcons. Wow. Okay. And who wins that? I mean, it's Brady. Come on. (laughs) Uh, Drew also had New England over Atlanta in the Super Bowl. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I don't hate it either. All right, Cheddar, thank you very much for coming to the Left Coaster Studio again. You did a great job. We will have you back for our big Super Bowl show when it comes down to it. Let's go pack, baby. Go pack, go. Absolutely. And as always, Left Coasters, we're going to come back real quick with our Super Bowl picks and a little insight to what we said in week one with our playoff picks because some of them weren't so good. But we'll be back in one second. As always, guys, ram it. All right, Left Coasters, and, and welcome back. You've been listening to the Wild Card Weekend. Again, this is the Left Coasters studio. We are the Left Coasters. You can reach us with any questions you have with the future of this playoff, the way it's going, uh, at the Left Coasters podcast at gmail.com, Facebook and Instagram under the same name. Guys, here we are right now. We ended our first show with our Super Bowl picks in week one. We also gave what the playoffs would be. Uh, Dangles and I somehow managed to get eight of those teams that we picked actually into the playoffs. Bry Guy, only six of your teams made it into the playoffs. Brian and I both had the New York Jets making the playoffs. <laughs> I think I also had the Cincinnati Bengals. You did, as did yeah. I. And Dangles had Cincy as well, but Dangles also was the only one to have Oakland making the playoffs. So congrats to you there, Congrats buddy. to you, my friend. Um, I will say before we move on that we had in week one – uh, I'm the only one with uh, my Super Bowl pick still remaining. My AFC championship was New York and New England and Cincy, and then I had Green Bay and Seattle. Dangles had New England, uh, Kansas City, Arizona versus Carolina. That NFC championship won't be happening, Dangles. And uh, uh, Brad Guy had Pittsburgh, New England with Arizona and Green Bay. Um, Not bad. I had the I had three close, out of four. But you did have Arizona over Pittsburgh in the Super Bowl. Not yeah, happening. Not Dangles be. had Carolina over New England in the Super Bowl. Not happening. And I had Green Bay over New England in the Super Bowl. I will say right now, we're going to give our Super Bowl picks. Again, these two teams, if they make it, are going to give us an extra point in this playoff pick and battle. And I am sticking with what brought me here. The week one pick I had is the week 18 pick I had. It's going to be the week 27 pick I have. Green Bay over New England. My dream Super Bowl is going to happen. That's what I'm going for. Bright guy. I'm not going to make this interesting. Okay. New England versus Green Bay. Really? You think Green Bay is making the Super Bowl? Wow. Okay. Who do you have winning? 
I have New England winning. Okay, and Dangles. I'm also picking New England, but I will not get on the uh, Green Bay bandwagon. I think we're going to have a rematch of uh, Super Bowl, uh, what would, would have been 49. And I think in the end, it's going to be the repeat, same result as Super Bowl 49. The Patriots beat the Seahawks, although it won't be on a last-minute interception. You and think it's going to be think, Seattle? I think Seattle you is think going no to. You crazy with Green no Bay? Chance. No. no chance. No, no chance. No chance. All not right. with Atlanta, not with Green Dallas. Bay rolling. Yeah, Dallas. you got Dallas, no, too. Man. too. I many, haven't heard too a single holes. person pick Dallas yet. No, I think Dallas is looking at heartbreak. I've said it with Drew. I, I, I think, think Dallas is looking at made very good points for that. Yeah. But made very good points Seattle. Yeah, why not? That's amazing. All right, why well, that's, that's what we have for our Super best Bowl picks. Best defense in the league? Uh, uh, Seattle. Yeah, well, okay. well, not the best defense we'll in the see, league. We'll see if they can beat Detroit. Let's start with Detroit for Seattle. Let's start with New York for Green Bay. Well, Who we knows start what someplace. will happen? We had to make our picks due to the points pick'em game. Thank you again, Left Coasters, for listening to us. As always, it has been a pleasure. We're going to be back next week with our uh, divisional round show. We're going to have more guest hosts coming back. It's going to be a lot of fun doing these playoffs. Thank you for listening. And as always... Sports stars, they're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see... They've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Kobe Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flo jo, Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionew. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star. A new series from Crowd Network. <laughs>